You're listening to Season 3, Episode Number 4 of Strike the Match. Over the past couple of decades, the number of individuals and churches involved in short-term missionary activities outside of the United States has increased greatly. Travels that were once considered exotic and unlikely are now happening on an annual basis. Some argue that such trips are little more than glorified vacations that interfere with the daily work of long-term missionaries, while others make the case that short-term missions are strongly beneficial to every party involved. Regardless, one thing is certain. Americans have become significantly involved in such labors, and the increased numbers of those engaged in them and the amount of money spent annually is evidence of this fact. In this episode, Jim Foxworthy is my guest on Strike the Match. Fox is the director of short-term missions with the Church at Brook Hills, and we get very specific looking at what the Church at Brook Hills has been doing when it comes to short-term missionary activity. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with pastor and missiologist Dr. J.B. Payne. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.B. In the past, oh, probably I'm guessing 10, 15 years, the whole short-term missions movement has has exploded. Uh, in fact, there have been a great deal of, of resources that have come out on this topic, and uh, I know of one book I've got on my shelf that uh, is several hundred pages in length that the uh, Evangelical Missiological Society put out related to the uh, short-term missions movement. Uh, churches have been involved in it for some time, and I know that some of you that are listening out there have been asking questions about short-term work and been asking about things related to how you and your church can be uh, more effective in what you're doing. So today on Strike the Match, uh, I have a colleague, I have a friend with me, James Foxworthy. He goes by Fox. Uh, he is actually on staff with the Church at Brook Hills in Birmingham, Alabama, and he is the director of short-term missions. He's been with Brook Hills for, for several years, and uh, I love this brother so much, and just so thankful for uh, his experience, for his wisdom uh, in the world of, of short-term missions and partnerships and things of that nature. And so I think you're going to really enjoy our conversation today, and I've uh, been praying for you that you'll take away some things from this that you can apply to your your context as well. So, Fox, I just want to say to you, brother, welcome to Strike the Match. Thank you, J.D. It's a privilege hey, being with you. Hey, how long have you been with Brook Hills? Uh, 11 years. 11 years. Wow. How about that? And uh, you and, and your wife, uh, Marcia, are in Birmingham. And so uh, for those that do not know you, can you give us a little bit about your, your background and, and even your, your present role with Brook Hills? Because you've not gone sort of the traditional vocational ministry route, have you? Uh, no, I haven't. Well, I'm an old career corporate guy, so spent all my career in corporate America, and uh, the Lord, in His way, uh, led me away from corporate America a number of years ago. Uh, actually, it was starting in the mid 1990s, uh, but it took me 10 years before I really would listen. I think in in 2005, He uh, truly led me away from the corporate world. Uh, into the mission world, and not knowing exactly what that would look like, um, ended up here at the Church of Brook Hills as director of short-term missions. And I do that currently um, on a bivocational basis. Um, I do leadership assessment and development work and executive coaching um, for corporations uh, still, uh, but for churches and for privately held companies, for individuals, um, and, and the like. 
So, so you you walk with really a foot in both worlds. You're in the marketplace as well as on staff of the local church. That's correct. So let, let's spend a few moments uh, talking about uh, matters related to short-term missions uh, that I think will be helpful for for our listeners today. Uh, let's start about let's start off talking about maybe some of the challenges uh, that churches are are facing when it comes to. Uh, short-term work. So, so what, from your your vantage point, what are some of the challenges that that churches face that that want to begin a healthy uh, short-term sending ministry? Well, um, one of the biggest challenges I think is just the church understanding, um, and when I say the church, the body uh, understanding the biblical imperatives and the global realities, um, and that we are commanded to go. Uh, and that this truly is not a spectator sport, but it's one that we're supposed to all be uh, a part of. Um, and the other one is then getting full commitment from the leadership of the church, mm-hmm. uh, of the local church. And uh, because if it, if the leadership doesn't exist or is not there uh, from the senior pastor and the elders and, and so on, then um, it's very likely that a short-term mission or any kind of missions program will be a, a great struggle. So when you say kind of getting a vision for things on a global level, what, what, what are some things that, that local church leadership can do to, to help their people see that vision, catch that vision of that possibility? Well, um, they need to um, re- really just understand uh, biblically what it says about uh, the nations and about all peoples. Um, and certainly starting with Matthew 28. But um, we we really need to uh, spend a lot of time making sure that people understand the, the, what the Bible says about uh, going to the mission field. Um, and then what are the global realities? What, you know, how many talk about lostness, uh, talk about, you know, the uh, billions of people that have never even had the chance to hear, hear the name of Jesus. Um, and without that opportunity are uh, on a straight path to uh, eternal hell. And that's just a, a real rude awakening for many people that is so important. And then, then the fact that the, the, the Matthew 28 is a command and it is to go. So, You, you mentioned something that I, that I want to press in on uh, just a, a moment ago, uh, and that's, that's the issue of, of the commitment from uh, the, the leadership in the church, and particularly pastoral leadership. Uh, you know, I I think that is that is a key to to anything. But but you're saying that it's definitely a key to to involve a church in in short term in a healthy short term sending ministry. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that we were absolutely blessed with here at Brook Hills is the fact that we almost every message for a period of almost seven years was ultimately connected to. Uh, going to the nations. And, um, you know, when that becomes a part of your DNA, then that becomes a part of uh, everybody's mindset and what they really feel compelled to do um, and be a part of. And that looks different for every person, but uh, it certainly uh, raises that level of awareness to the point of this, this is, this is what we're supposed to be doing. And without that, um, it's, it's usually just, uh, we'll just send your check or, 
um, you know, maybe support some mission organization, but not necessarily be personally involved. So, so let's let's take that and and, and kind of look at Brook Hills. You, you you'd mentioned a little bit about kind of our culture, our environment. I know that that you often receive uh, emails and phone calls from churches and and uh, partners across or potential partners across the world about uh, about what's going on with the church at Brook Hills. So so let's spend a few moments uh, just talking about uh, what is Brook Hills doing uh, when it comes to sending short-term teams. And uh, you, you feel free to even speak into kind of what's what's been in the past leading up to the present, uh, just to kind of give our listeners an understanding of what's going on. Okay, well, um, back when we first joined Brook Hills, there was um, minimal uh, missions engagement. It was supporting some mission organizations. It was sending maybe uh, one or two teams out a year to different places, but it was fairly minimal. Um, since that time, uh, we are to the point now that we are uh, training and sending out about 40 short-term teams a year. Um, and we do that in over 10 countries. And we do it with the idea of that there's two key um, things that we're, we're focused on. One is, is trying to um, serve those people in the field um, and further and grow their ministry. Uh, secondly, to expose our people at the Church at Brook Hills um, to the mission field to um, just understand um, what it's like to engage people of different cultures um, and how can they then share the gospel uh, in those settings and then hopefully um, do something that, you know, listen for what God has in store for them in the future um, to where they might decide to go midterm, which is two, uh, up to two years, um, or even long-term, which is committing their lives to the mission work. So so on that note, kind of short-term is sort of a, a gateway into what we call midterm, uh, you know, going between two months to two years and then possibly even long-term beyond two years. Yes. So Brook Hills didn't just go from, uh, you know, from zero, no teams at all, nothing going on to where we are today. It was it was over a period of time. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, it started with a call to the uh, after really good um, explanation and understanding of the biblical imperatives and the global realities. But it um, uh, there was a call for people to respond. And and in fact, that's what happened. And so we um, we set up a number of uh, opportunities for people to go serve in, in a number of different locations. Um, but after that, we spent time really developing a strategy, uh, which actually should have come first, but uh, <laughs> we we did it a little uh, backwards. But at any rate, we uh, then set up a strategy which was based on uh, a priority of going to the unreached people groups um, and preferably going um to these unreached people groups with church planning teams that we had sent out from Brook Hills. Um, in the event that we didn't have enough opportunity through our church planning teams, um, then we would uh, send people through long-term strategic partners that we've had um, or we created with um, unreached people groups. 
And um, we did this with the idea that we, wherever there was a local church, that we wanted to connect through a local church uh, in the field and with the idea that it would help strengthen the church uh, if it existed there. Um, and if one didn't exist, then we would uh, do it through church planning teams that were out in the field. Um, and but that we the whole idea was we were there to serve and not to be served. That we were there not for us in any way, but for us to support um, growing local churches uh, around the world, and as well as planting churches where one didn't exist. So you you hit on some really good things there that uh, I think are worth you know fleshing out um, when we think about some of the principles that that guide what what we're doing. So so to kind of uh, kind of boil those down. Um, one uh, and, and correct me, Fox, if, if if I'm wrong here. But one of the things that we try to avoid doing is just going here, there, and everywhere. But to be more strategic among unreached peoples and helping established churches. That's that's exactly right. I mean, we we um, and strategy is the right the right word. Uh, we want to be very strategic, um, and we've chosen to uh, pick unreached people groups because eighty percent of the churches in the West go to reached areas of the world, which is primarily Central and South America and Africa. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly fine, and that's um, that's good work. But we we realize that if the Great Commission is to be fulfilled, that we need to be present in those areas where Jesus' name has not been heard um, or certainly not um, uh, known at all. And that's why we prioritized and we strategically feel that the unreached people groups is our priority. Now, it doesn't mean we don't go to the reached areas, too. We do, uh, particularly with families and for other reasons, but um, that's fairly minimal in our strategy. So so when it comes to to what I, I see us doing through short-term teams, I mean, it's very much tied into to our vision, mission, and goal as a local church in Birmingham. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's a key, key part of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing like theological alignment and missiological alignment on the field with the people that we connect with. Absolutely. And that's one of the things um, that we always make sure is is present. If we we, we do make uh, trips ahead of sending a teams to make sure that there is theological and missiological alignment, because that's so critical and so important. So are there things that uh, maybe teams in, in the past uh, or maybe teams uh, that are commonly known for certain activities? Are there, in other words, are there certain things that we, while we're not necessarily saying it's wrong for other people to do them, are there certain things that are often done on the field with short-term teams that we just do not do because it doesn't align with who we are as a church? Uh, yeah, it's a great question, um, J.D. We um, we don't typically go build things. Uh, we uh, we don't typically do VBSs, um, and the reason for that again is not that those are bad. Um, that we don't do that because typically when we're building something, you're focused on a task, on the end game. Um, and you're not in relationship with maybe any more than just the potential house owner or um, maybe a few people in the church. Um, and so we we believe that we need to be out 
uh, in communities, whether it's in a, a coffee shop or whether it's in a park or whether it's in businesses or wherever it is, engaging people um, and looking for opportunities to share the gospel and look for people of peace so they can be followed up with and hopefully ultimately um, lead to um, knowing who Jesus is. So so when we go, are we coming in with, with a strong agenda that we're giving to the people in the field saying, this is our agenda, this is what we're going to do? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, as I mentioned before, we're the, we go to serve, not to be served. Um, we will tell people on the field, here are people's uh, talents or skills or backgrounds uh, that are coming, and if there's any way you can use those, uh, that would be great. But you tell us what your need is to help either strengthen or grow your local church or to help um, strengthen your credibility towards planning churches for the future, and then we'll come and serve in that way. But it's mostly very relational. Again, it's not task-oriented um, or anything other than relational. And when I mentioned the VBS, too, let me just follow up on that one, uh, if I could, J.D. Um, and that is, is you know, I, I learned that one time, a, a kind of a hard lesson myself. We were doing a VBS for uh, somebody, and the pastor, there was a church there, and the pastor came to me afterwards and said, you know, you're killing us. And I said, what are you talking about? I was just uh, very shocked by that comment. Um, and he said, well, you came and you did all of this great, amazing work on a VBS. You brought all this stuff with you. And after you left, he said, the, the, the local people came and said, pastor, pastor, please do that again. And he said, well, you know, they came and they did this for us, but they didn't teach us how to do it. Um, and so we don't know how to do it. And even if we could, we couldn't afford or even have access to all the stuff they brought. And he said, so what you did is not reproducible um, in this environment. And it didn't take me but one time to hear that, to understand how when we think we're helping, we can really be very harmful if we're not very aware uh, of these kind of things. So that was a that was a big eye opener for me early in the game uh, as we as we did this. And so from that time on, we we certainly have changed our direction. I know that you you really push into to all the team leaders uh, that are training their teams uh, before they go that that concept of reproducibility. That's that's a strong value for you. Absolutely. Uh, we, we're very strong about um, making sure that things are reproducible and sustainable um, and that it's not dependent. It's not creating a dependency on us, um, because if, if we are, then we do create more harm than good. Mm. So uh, what, I, what I'm hearing you say when you talk about, OK, we, we, we speak to uh, those on the field, we work through relationships I mean, there there's a lot of partnership development that goes into um, uh, the planning before a team first arrives on the field. I mean, it's not just a okay, we hear about this need and then we're on the plane and we go. But there's there's quite a bit of relationship building that takes place there. Yes, there is. We um, we we once we've made contacts with partners um, and found out uh, who are potential. Uh, partners in the field, if they're not our current church planners, 
um, then we will um, we will spend a great amount of time uh, talking about theological, missiological issues, talking about how they can handle teams, uh, what are the kind of ministries that they they need and are involved in. Um, and we typically will do a sort of a vision trip or a scouting trip uh, to make sure that indeed um, they can do that and that we are not doing anything that philosophically is uh, different than what we believe in, too, which is, again, creating a dependency on us or those kind of things. And, and when you say partnership, you're, you're, you're not thinking just one trip and that's over with and we go somewhere different next year. You're, you're thinking long-term strategy here. Yeah, absolutely. When we create a partnership, we want it to be a true partnership, and that's where um, we will go year after year after year. And and ideally, there's some places we'll go multiple times a year, maybe four times or so. We don't want to be a burden or, or, or too many times for a partner because then their whole life is centered around hosting us. Um, but we do want to do enough to be very beneficial to them. Um, and, and hopefully we get people that will return to the same places and not just go from place to place to place, um, because that becomes Christian tourism in some ways, and we want to avoid that. So let, let me ask you for, for just a second to kind of change gears, and let's let's think about the, the leaders of those teams that go. Uh, you have a, a fairly well-developed approach to to preparing those leaders and preparing those teams uh, and while, before they go, while they're on the field, and even after they return. Could, could you just kind of give us a summary of of what is what's typically expected of that team leader in that training process? Right. Well, we we uh, we do have a fairly extensive training um, process for them, um, and and it, it, there's a, a few key components. One is is we want to first be spiritually prepared. Um, secondly, we want them to be culturally prepared to understand the culture um, that they're going into and respect that culture. Um, and then thirdly, logistically, uh, is what are the kind of things that they need to know logistically so that uh, the travel and and all of that will be smooth and the expectations are set properly. Um, and then the other piece is, is we actually ask uh, all of our teams to go into our community here in Birmingham um, and engage people of another culture and to share the gospel. Um, and we uh, debrief that and hear about that, but it's an opportunity to prepare them for sharing the gospel uh, before they just go on the field and, and maybe get intimidated or uh, don't feel comfortable or whatever it is. Smaller church leader is listening to this podcast right now, uh, Fox, and, and the thoughts coming to mind, you know, I really would like to see our church uh, be more involved in, in sending short-term teams on a regular basis. But Brook Hills, I mean, that's that you're a large church, you got large staff, you got you know a large amount of resources. Um, you know, what what is there in this podcast that that I can I can draw out as far as next steps? I've heard the principles, I've heard some of the stories, but if we're just getting started, what what for the smaller church, Fox? What would you suggest as far as some next steps to recommend to get them started? Um, well, first off is pray. Um, pray for a people group, uh, pray for a country, um, but pray that the Lord will give you um, the people or the country that, that you ought to be focused on. And um, 
and and listen to how the Lord may speak to you in that. Um, then the other thing is learn from us and don't go to forty countries or forty different <laughs> trips to to ten different countries. Um, but uh, really focus on one area and just build that out and strengthen that and and then go alongside them. Um, and as they teach them how to go on mission to their neighboring communities or neighboring countries. Um, but, but that's a part of an overall strategy. Um, you need to develop a strategy uh, on how to engage uh, the people that you feel the Lord is leading you to. And then develop a local partner. Uh, search for one network. Find people that um, want additional partnerships, um, and then scout or vision uh, that partner, uh, send a team to find out, are they really for real? <laughs> um, we can do a lot by Skype. We can do a lot uh, in other uh, means, by other means, but uh, there's nothing better than being there uh, in, in present in their, uh, uh, in their home country. Um, but and again, to ensure the theological, missiological alignment and the fact that they can do this well and safely and um, they're accustomed to handling teams. You know, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I had to cut you off there. Uh, and then I was going to say communicate, uh, cast the vision from the pulpit. Uh, make sure that the people understand why, uh, the, again, the biblical imperatives and and the um, the reasons that the the world is in such a, a dire need right now for the gospel, and then set up policies, procedures, and training, and then um, you know form teams and train them and send them out. And I would say that one of the things we make a mistake too often on is send large teams. An ideal team is six to eight people, maybe ten or twelve if it's in certain circumstances, but six other that becomes herding cats. <laughs> <laughs> so so you wanna you wanna be really sending out six to eight because that's manageable. You can have it doesn't bring as high a profile um, in certain areas of the world, and it certainly um, is is much better on the partners on the ground. If you if you're listening to this and and you are uh, in a local church that uh, your your short term uh, ministry isn't isn't exactly what it's desired to be, or maybe maybe it's non existent. I hope that you you hear what what Fox just shared there with the, those various steps involved. I mean, he, he's trying to help you understand how to develop a framework, to develop a a, a structure uh, that will that will not only take you from where you are, but will move you into a sustainable and long term healthy approach rather than just a just a you know a kind of a flash in the pan kind of thing. So I know when you're hearing those hearing him say those things kind of quickly, you're probably thinking, wow, that's that's going to take us some time. And and I think that's the point that that you're trying to make, Fox, am I not correct? Yeah, it does take a little time, but it it's really the time is just waiting on the Lord to uh, reveal to you where he wants you to go and then putting together the strategies. As far as developing um, some of the, uh, you know, the procedures and policies and training and stuff like that, um, not that what we've done is is wonderful or, or the best, but certainly we're willing to share anything we have with any other church. 
um, so you don't have to start from scratch that you can take and modify and and build upon that to make it something that fits your church and your culture. Um, and there are other resources and other churches that would do the same out there, I'm sure, as well. You know, and, and I would add to, to that, I mean, Fox mentioned in that list, uh, you know, about vision casting. Um, uh, maybe you're not in a, a leadership role, pastoral role within your church. Uh, you, you use use this as a, as a as an excuse to to uh, encourage your pastor to listen to this podcast. <laughs> you, you can put the blame back on me. You can say JD told me to do this. JD put me up to this, pastor. So uh, it, you know maybe your pastor hasn't hasn't caught that vision that's not on his heart right now. Uh, use this use this podcast as an opportunity to to share it with him to maybe get the conversation going. And uh, if you want to if you want me to be the scapegoat, <laughs> I'll be glad. To do it. Hey, Fox, you, you mentioned uh, about uh, Brook Hills being willing to share what we have with other people, and, and that is so true, and I'm so thankful that um, you know we're able to do that. If people are interested in, in getting in contact with you, finding out some more, you know, what, what would be the best way for them to do that? Um, the easiest way is just fox at brookhills.org. F-O-X at brookhills.org. Right. And then once you've contacted me, I'll be happy to give you my cell phone number and we can have uh, conversations because it's easier to have a conversation than it is to do through all through email. But certainly that's the easiest way to contact. Well, Fox, thank you so much for being with us today on Strike the Match and, and for sharing uh, about about your experience and your wisdom. And folks, as you're listening to this, uh, and I'm not saying this just because Fox is a friend and a colleague, but but I do think he is one of the best when it comes to thinking about leadership, thinking about structure, training, development within a, a healthy missiology and healthy theology as related to descending, uh, particularly on this topic of short-term short-term missions. So uh, I would encourage you uh, to go back and l- listen to this podcast once again and allow some of those elements and concepts and principles to kind of saturate your thinking and begin to apply them to your context. Fox, as always, brother, appreciate being with you today. Thank you. It's my privilege. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Payne. You can find J.D. on Facebook or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpayne.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.